Good morning. Scott Casper, he's Nick Learhoff, and this is St. Gregory's Talk Therapy, the mental health show. We talk about a topic that many Iowans face every day, mental illness. We feature the expertise of doctors, therapists, and specialists who understand the challenges that we face. Our show airs two times, 4 to 5 a.m. and 10 to 11 a.m. on Saturday mornings on Iowa's Hope 940 and again online at talktherapytmhs.com. Join in for the conversation on this important life topic. And as we like to say, Iowa, we're listening. Good morning, Nick. How are you? Good morning, Scott. How are you? It's always good to see you, brother, being here with us. Um, we are coming to you live from the Five Talents Financial Management Group Studios, as I mentioned, St. Gregory's Talk Therapy, the Mental Health Show. But uh, St. Gregory's is a place where you can get away from it all. This oh. is a vacation of a lifetime. It's an opportunity to experience something you haven't felt since maybe you were 10 or 11 years old or before. Opportunity to get right with yourself and your, uh, and your spiritual guide, whether that's God but um, St. Gregory's is there for you. Uh, take a minute to look for them online at stgregoryctr.com. So stgregoryctr.com. Ctr.com. A lot of letters in what we yeah, do out there. Yeah, there's a lot of little, little, <laughs> little letters in there. But uh, no, I, I, uh, when you talked about it being a, um, a vacation for self, I guess in a certain right. sense, you know, the, the interesting thing is you know, not too often do people get a, an opportunity to take a month out of their, their busy lives right. and everything and really just focus on themselves, all the things that are going on in their world and how they relate to those things, how they react to those things, um, you know, and really kind of circle the wagons and, and uh, really just trying to, to move their life in a better direction. So, mm-hmm. And uh, that's something I'm always searching for. So in that search, I uncovered, I discovered... Rachel Druckenmiller. Now, Rachel is a motivational speaker. She's an inspirational speaker, and she is hosting and living an unmuted life, if you will. She joins us now on the show. Rachel, good morning. How are you? I am doing well. I'm thrilled to be here for this conversation today. Well, I appreciate you taking the time. So many shows we dedicate, and not too many, but so many. That's correct. Uh, We deal with what some would say would be a negative or uh, maybe the dark side. Okay. I'm going to want to make sure I'm not decrying anything here, but we're dealing with depression. We're dealing with uh, the death of a loved one or whatever it is. But I wanted to take a different look at this particular show and talk about what is positive in life. What are things we can do to make ourselves better if only because we're listening to somebody else that happens to have that perspective. And Rachel, that's you. Oh, well, thank you so much. I've certainly uh, gone through a bit of the uh, trenches to get to the point to be able to tell the tale. So, Well, talk, talk to us a bit about unmuted life and living it, because quite frankly, um, not everybody will understand it right out of the box. But by the time we're done, talking with you today, I hope they have an opportunity to go online and, and, uh, check out what it is you do as a speaker and a facilitator, but, uh, talk to us a little bit about unmuted life. Yeah. So, so it really emerged from, um, kind of the opposite of the experience that I had growing up, that I growing up, which is that, or even not even just growing up, even as adults, that we have this tendency to self silence. We have a tendency to not share or speak up about our um, emotions, particularly emotions like anger and sadness. Um, we have a tendency to not share our ideas, to be afraid to ask questions, to be afraid to speak up and ask for help. Um, we're afraid to express ourselves that brings us great joy, such as, you know, through through artistic expression. Like I love singing, but I, I, I silenced that aspect of myself and would not really do that publicly growing up just because of fear of judgment. So I think a lot of us have this tendency to live our lives which I think is now even more prevalent after spending so much time on Zoom over the <laughs> right? right? We we know that phrase, you're on mute. And I think it extends beyond virtual meetings because a lot of us, we're not connected to ourselves. We're not connected to our deepest feelings, even our deepest pains or our deepest joys. And so when when I think about what it means, and when I launched my business in September 19 and was trying to figure out what I wanted to call it, I felt like the the bold declaration I could make 
say that I stand for being unmuted um, because of the growth I've experienced in, for instance, you know, related to mental health and well-being, for instance, of, of seeking therapy, which I, I never saw a therapist until I was in my you know, early 30s, um, and expressing myself through my art. So I now, I sing, I work with a vocal coach on a weekly basis. I share videos on LinkedIn of, of me singing that, um, and in my keynotes I sing, and and it's such a source of joy that I'm not hiding. And, <laughs> you know, I'm speaking up for myself more in, in my relationships. And it's been so liberating. And I want other people to be able to experience that sense of kind of joyful aliveness and fully expressed living. Oh, I love it. So uh, uh, aside from singing, okay, what you're also doing is uh, il- illuminating, okay, and humanizing the workplace by building what resilient, connected and compassionate leaders and teams. Talk to us a little bit about that, because I think uh, too many times we forget that there is no I in team, but yet there is, if you understand, (laughs) because it's it's made up of a whole lot of eyes. Well, it's, it's, you know, you saying that right there, I haven't actually thought about it quite that way. Um, Cause we heard that, we had that phrase a lot, right? There's no I in team. But I think in the sense as it relates to mental health, really you saying that in this moment, um, I hadn't really thought about it quite this way. And that when you're bringing a team together, you're bringing together a bunch of, a bunch of like wounded people that have been right. through stuff that they're carrying into their work that most of them are not talking about that's affecting how they show up and interact with each other. <laughs> hmm. And, and I, think, I think we try to categorize or compartmentalize uh, each other and ourselves mm-hmm. and to our own detriment that we do this because if you think about it you're limiting yourself as soon as you put yourself in a box right nick yeah and i mean <clears throat> it's one of those things when you talk about that team collaboration and there's everybody's going to have something right you know you talked about those those the i don't know if you want to call it the baggage or whatever they bring to the to the workplace in a certain sense but you know i, I think it, it's a matter of understanding that we all have our own stuff and mm-hmm. so being able to kind of help <clears throat> each other through that You know, I know sometimes in the workplace, it can be kind of, we have these jobs to do and this is what we, you know, um, but you know, being able to kind of create, you know, a professional family, I guess, in a certain sense is how I would call it, uh, from a standpoint of the relationships that we have with the people we work with and having that understanding, that compassion, that empathy for each other and being able to speak up about it. I think that makes sense. To hold a master's degree in health science and a bachelor's in psychology, um, how do those two work together? Uh, more than most, more than most people realize. Um, I, I think we often, and this happens at work too. Like, right, we we sort of separate our physicality mm-hmm. from our emotional responses and our mental health, and we're all they're all in the same body, right? And so, I really take this systems approach to, to teams. I take a systems approach to the to the human to the human body in terms of recognizing that thing isolation. And so, for instance, you know, a lot of people deal with maybe a physical health symptom that often is rooted in something psychological or related to their mental health. And most people do not have an awareness of that. So I'm reading a fantastic book right now that I would encourage everyone to check out called When the Body Says No. Um, When the Body Says No and Then the Body Keeps the Score are two phenomenal books if people want to have a better understanding of the connection between their mind and body and their psychological history and their current health status. Um, It's absolutely fascinating to see the connection between these things, Um, things that we just normally wouldn't think there's any connection because most healthcare professionals will often look at a, you know, at a a set of symptoms Mm -hmm. through the lens of their as opposed to looking at the human body as a connected and cohesive system that has different parts that are constantly talking to each other, that are affecting and influencing each other, and um, the things that we feel, whether or not we get sick, and the interactions that we have with other people. And so for anyone listening, I would encourage you to even look through, you know, where you live and find somebody. I see a, a therapist who's called a somatic therapist as her specialty. So she focuses on the integration. She's trained and something called rolfing, which is related to um, kind of uh, tissue release, where we often store stress. Um, it's a physical form of, of, of therapy, more or less. And then she's also trained as a psychotherapist, and, and she integrates the two. And I have to say, it's been 
transformational form of therapy that I've ever been through. And most people are not even aware of it. And I wasn't either. And again, it's called what? Somatic. So soma meaning body. So S-O-M-A, somatic therapy. People that are trained in somatic therapy are trained in the connection between mind and body. And it's, it's absolutely, she just, she blows me away in almost every session with the insight that she has. (laughs) And so, and you mentioned about the uh, tissue release, right? Um, And and most people don't realize that the skin on your body is the largest uh, organ you have. And that is, it's, it serves a lot besides just keeping everything in, keeps a lot of stuff out. And recently with COVID, we've had to stress it, stress our skins and stress ourselves for health reasons, or so they say. <laughs> um, I, I don't agree with everything Dr. Faust, and I'm, gonna, I'm just going to put that out there. Okay. I, I had to say it at some point. No, no I, okay? I, it's, it's, I, I feel you. He makes 750000 being wrong. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> like a meteorologist. <laughs> Rachel Druckenmiller is our guest on the program today. We're talking about the unmuted life, okay? Living life to its fullest, okay? Um, helping each other do the same. Remember, it's a, in many parts of life, it's a two-part story. In other words, you and they, or they and you. And if we forget that somewhat, we are letting ourselves down. When we come back after the break, we're going to talk to Rachel about uh, uncovering blind spots in your life, illuminating your strengths, and asking for what you need or want at work, at home, at play. So do me a favor, stay tuned. You're listening to Talk Therapy, the mental health show, as we come to you live from Iowa's Hope 940. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. There's more with Nick Learhoff and Scott Casper right here on Iowa's 940 for St. Gregory's Talk Therapy, the mental health show. Iowa, we're listening. I came to St. Gregory very reluctantly at my all-time worst, physically, emotionally, and mentally. But I gave my best effort to these new things in my life as I saw hope in this complete approach. I'm at the point now that I feel my strongest and best ever, physically, mentally, and emotionally. I felt quite certain God was orchestrating everything. St. Gregory Recovery Center. Recovery starts here. Relevantradio.com slash St. Gregory. All right, welcome back. It is St. Gregory's Talk Therapy, the middle on this beautiful Saturday. Appreciate you joining us. Uh, Nick Learhoff, Scott Casper. We're talking about an unmuted life or living an unmuted life. Dr. Rachel, I call her doctor because that's how I see you. I'm sorry, Rachel. But Rachel <laughs> Druckenmiller is our guest. She's a motivational speaker speaking to groups uh, of, around the country for a variety of reasons. But she does so out of Baltimore, Maryland. She rejoins the show. Good morning, Rachel. How are you? Good morning. I'm, I'm excited to continue the conversation here. I know. It's it's fun because we're kind of like peeling back the layers of an onion. We talk about that quite frequently, mm-hmm. uh, whether you're going through a, a rehabilitation for drugs or alcohol, but peeling back all that, all that scar tissue. And in this case, uh, in many cases, we've painted ourselves into a corner. There literally is an opportunity to do that each and every day, many times a day, to paint yourself into a corner and you feel somewhat, um, well, cornered. Lost, you know, um, uh, tied down, I guess, in a certain sense. There you go. So, Rachel, talk to us about uncovering blind spots. To me, a blind spot is something you know is there, but you don't wish to address it. Hmm. Yeah. So when I, when I think all of us have strengths, we have things that we, that are natural sources of energy that are life-giving that we do well, um, sometimes that are, you know, inherently there, and then we work to develop them to make them even stronger. And then blind spots are really things we can't see, right? So when you think about a blind spot, it's something where there's, there's perhaps a car right on your side that you are not aware of is there. And so a lot of times we often need other people hopefully with grace, kindness, compassion, and consideration, <laughs> be honest with us. <laughs> very very good there. Nice job. Love that. <laughs> Those things don't always happen. Usually people point them out in a not-so-nice way, and the right. idea of being blunt, by the way, is, as my friend Sam Karashi says, is lazy and irresponsible because it's not <laughs> how the other person is receiving. So right. very important, right, when you're having these conversations to consider Um, what the experience might be from the receiver, because you do want them to receive the message. And so 
when I think about strength, there's a couple tools I would encourage folks to, to check out. One I have on my website, which is unmutedlife.com. I have a resources page where I list out some of my favorite um, assessments that I think are valuable. I don't, I don't like to use them as ways to label ourselves, but they are ways to get information. Um, and so Strengths Finder by Gallup is one that I'm a, a big advocate of. It's been very helpful um, to me. And there's one called the VIA Character Strengths Assessment, VIA standing for Values in Action. And that's another tool that I, that I use in the workshops that I do with, with organizations and teams. And it really looks at character strengths. And so, you know, by taking some of these assessments, that can help us identify our, our strengths. And then potentially on the flip side of the strength is a shadow. So taken, for instance, um, being somebody who's very driven could be a strength. The side of being driven could be that you become a workaholic or you bulldoze over people on your quest to wherever the heck you're going. Yeah, I'm, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, that is really thick latte. I got to tell you, it's just, <laughs> okay. So our topic last week, if you recall, Enneagram, Enneagram, Enneagram. Okay. That's a yeah. personality assessment tool, right? But yes. what you're talking about is giving yourself as much information about yourself as you can possibly find. And, uh, I, we certainly advocate for that. Uh, but I want to get back to those blind spots in the yep. workplace. Okay. Let's say mm -hmm. you're having trouble with workers because you may think that what you're going through on a personal side or at home, uh, is completely different than what they're experiencing. When in fact, sure. most of us live very similar lives. We tend to, again, paint ourselves into the corner of ourselves. There's something to be said about, um, being seen and being heard. Okay. Yes. And if, if you are, uh, in a position where you think that your opinion doesn't matter, okay. Mm -hmm. uh, that just being there is enough and doing just enough to get through the day is enough. Um, you're sadly, I think most people are sadly selling themselves short, agree or disagree. I agree. And I think one of the things people don't do that is one of the most effective ways to build likability and trust, particularly if you're in a position of leadership, is to ask for feedback. So most people don't ask for feedback because they're they're afraid that their fragile egos, right? We're kind of afraid that our fragile <laughs> ego cannot handle being told something we don't want to hear, and so we just assume of it prevents us from growing. And so one of the couple of questions that I, I invite folks to ask of the people that they work with, one is, hey, what's something that I'm doing particularly well? What's working? So start with, start, with, with, start with what's working. Have that conversation with people that you work with, with people that you lead, um, with someone who leads you, right? What am I doing particularly well? That really helps us understand and connect to a sense of confidence. When we find out from our own self-reflection, and I would also encourage people to use that as a self-reflective question, hmm, what am I doing well right now? <laughs> what seems to be working? And yeah. then the ancillary kind of question to that is helps us build our competence. And that question is, is there anything I could be doing better or differently? Hmm. So is there anything I could be doing better or differently? Or what's one thing I could do that would make a difference to you? And that's one of the ways we can get at what our blind spots are. I love that. Um, challenging ones, that's kind of what we're talking about, I think. Maybe yeah. one of the subs. But the idea that um, we can do better, we can do things differently. And most companies, by the way, will tell you, well, we've, We've never tried that. We don't do it that way. Well, why not? Why not take a look at the possibilities of what each of us has and what each of us has to offer? It's about listening, I think. Listening to each other, listening to not just your bosses, but your coworkers and the sense around the office, the sense around your company, the sense around your family. Uh, try Trying to uh, hear more than perhaps that even you're prepared to hear, right? Yeah. And I mean, <clears throat> I think everybody in a certain sense, um, has the goal of being the best versions of themselves I think that, um, in order to be the best version of ourselves or, you know, Scott, the best version of you, me, the best version of me, you know, um, we have to be able to, like you said, be open, be, li be listening right. and be able to ask for that feedback. Um, just like Rachel was saying is like, you know, Sometimes we don't know if our egos can kind of take that hit, but how, how, if, if, if we have those, and I would assume we all have blind spots in our lives, mm -hmm. right? You know, so how do we address those things? If we can't see them, we don't know they're there. So being able to ask for that feedback, a lot of times when, at St. Gregory's, I'll, I'll ask some of my coworkers, I'm like, Hey, 
you know, how did this go? Do you think I could have done this better? What feedback would you give me? Um, you know, we try to have an open dialogue about how we do different things at the, at the facility there because right. we want to grow. Cause at the end of the day, our responsibility is changing the lives of everybody around us. You know, that, that's, that's, that's our goal is to help it's them a big, out. Big goal. It's a big goal. But you know, if, if we're all worried about, um, each other's egos, it would never be able to be done. You know, we have to be able to grow and talk and, and communicate on the different things that we can improve on every single day. Uh, Rachel Druckenmiller is our guest. Unmuted or living an unmuted life is our topic today. Listening to your body and what it needs so you don't end up, say, sick or burned out or addicted or um, trying to mask your own feelings through whatever it is you are doing. And uh, it can be a myriad of things and a, and a bunch of things put together all by itself. So, uh, Rachel, you talk for personal journey. You talk about uh, enlightening everybody else with their personal journey. In other words, I could do the same. Nick could do the same. You could do the same. But these are lessons not easily learned, right? <laughs> uh, they're they're really not. You know, when I when I think about growing up, um, you know, my parents went through kind of a rough patch in their marriage when I was about five and, you know, children internalize stress and dysfunction differently. And the way I internalized it was by becoming somebody who wanted to make sure that, um, you know, people weren't upset with me, mm-hmm. that I did what was expected, that I excelled, that I was impressive. And there's a lot of people that do this and, and they, and they're doing it because, because we think, right. We do this because on the other side of achievement is acceptance. Mm. And love, if I I can achieve my way into being loved. And so then we tie all of our identity up into whether or not we are impressive enough. Mm -hmm. And then we become, you know, addicted to work as adults. And it's really a facade for this, this feeling of emptiness inside of not feeling, as you were saying earlier, Scott, of not feeling seen or heard, really not feeling truly witnessed. You know, all of us need an empathetic witness um, in the midst of what we're going through. And so... You know, what I've had to learn the hard way, you know, going through burnout, I was um, actually, uh, I was hit by a pickup truck six weeks into COVID and fractured my back. Oh, wow. Um, and then on the one year anniversary of that, I was diagnosed with, was diagnosed with COVID. Um, and so it's been, you know, I, I, I say, I like to say the phrase that, you know, even though I didn't choose it, I'm going to find a way to use it. And so I have this this deep sense of hope, this abiding hope and a sense of agency that I can influence. And this is one of the things that can really, that a lot of people that are dealing with depression, right, may not feel that sense of agency of this ability to, to influence and shape and um, in some way, um, you know, help to help to shape my future path. And one of the ways I've done that, that most of us are often holding back on silencing ourselves, I've learned to ask for help. I've learned that's so hard to ask for support. It's so, it's so hard, but so is feeling alone. Mm. You know, I, 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 I love that even though I didn't, didn't uh, choose it, I'm going to use it. You know, we talk a lot at St. Gregory's about how, listen, you know, every opportunity around us, everything we go through is an opportunity to grow. Right. Um, right. you know, and we can either choose to let it hold us down, hold us back, uh, give us a reason to continue doing the things that we do, or we can use it as a tipping point, right? You know, um, to change the behaviors and things that we within ourselves. And you know, I see things. examples of this all the time on Facebook on the St. Gregory's page, right? Is that what we call it a page? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, but you see all the positives, ec- ecstatic, whether it's, you know, five months, five years, 50 years, whatever it is in their search for sobriety, right? Or an endorsement of sobriety. You see all these folks that are more than willing to tell you all the positives, but every once in a while you're going to get checked. And that's by that person who fell, who failed as they see it and took that drink. Okay. Uh, you, you, you start to see the humanity in both sides, but seldom do you hear people say, Hey, you know what? I failed. I really did. You know, and, and that's the beautiful thing about that page is everybody's on board for pages is a, is a, a sounding board for support when needed as well. I mean, right. that's the thing. And that's the whole point of the community and the alumni community is because, you know, we, we have 
an avenue there to reach out. There's a lot of peers that grew, you know, made some friends while they were there. And it's like, Hey, I'm having a hard time. I am struggling. You know, um, I need help. And all of a sudden, boom, 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 10 people, five people, three people. Hey, give me a call here. Here's my number. Call me. Let's talk you right. know, and be a, a, a place of support. Yeah, seldom do you see people put their real phone numbers on pages and Facebook, Instagram, <laughs> right. or what have you. I do. I do it all the time. And uh, you'd be surprised you hear from it. Rachel Druckenmiller is our guest, Living an Unmuted Life, is our topic today on the program. Uh, we'll take a quick time out, come back more with Rachel on the other side of the break. Stay tuned. You're listening to Iowa's Hope 940. Stay tuned. St. Gregory's Talk Therapy, the mental health show. We'll continue after this commercial timeout. The folks at St. Gregory were vital in helping me to get my brother into rehab. They were not only supportive of him, but of our whole family. They truly saved all of our lives with their love and kindness. Because of the hard work they helped my brother do, we regained a valued, healthy, and incredible part of our family. From the bottom of my heart, thank you. RelevantRadio.com slash St. Gregory. Setting the new standard for recovery. Welcome back to St. Gregory's Talk Mental Health Show. Today is a more of a positive show. I like to impart information, and I like to have it, um, and Nick, you do too, I know, uh, to, to, to cover a broad spectrum of what mental health looks like. And today we're talking about a positive, something you can do that's positive. Uh, for your own self and for those that you work with, those that are in your life. And it's about being an, um, an active and engaged member of society by living an unmuted life. Rachel Druckenmiller, our guest, she's a motivational speaker. You can hire her, uh, and we encourage you to, now that all the restrictions on COVID have suddenly gone away. Uh, by the way, I don't know if you've been to the mall. Holy cow. There's so many people at people the mall. About. Yeah, that new mall out West Des Moines. It's what 23 years old. Yeah, Jordan Creek. Well, I think everybody was just 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 wanted just to be feel free, right? <laughs> to be able to go out and do things and and not have this. Well, should I be out here? Should I not? What you know? Uh, you know. So I think that's that's a big part of it. I think um, you know Airbnb and some of those places, um, those companies are going to see a big boom. Oh yeah, I think they are. All, they already are. It's, yeah, airline travel is a boom up. Mm -hmm. Rachel, when you um, uh, go out to or you obviously uh, do an assessment before you uh, accept the job and even while you're accepting the job and the engagement. But what are some of the things that you look for? uh, and look at in, in preparing for your workshops or training sessions? Well, I really want to make sure I understand who I'm going to be with. You know, sometimes we can, I think all of us have had an experience where we've been in a room and we kind of felt like, all right, was that like a canned thing that you just did to a completely different group of people yesterday? Cause I can <laughs> <laughs> yeah, get that, you know, I, right. I did, there, there's a comedian I worked with Well, I've worked with him a couple of times. Uh, Paul Rubens, okay, played a character named Pee Wee Herman, okay? Oh, yeah. So my job was to introduce him to a, a large gathering of motorcycle riders in Sturgis, South Dakota. Cool. And I'm in the dressing room with Paul. I'm thinking, oh, God, this is not going to go well. Paul, are you nervous? He said, no. He said, these are my people. And I'm looking at him dressed as Pee Wee, okay? <laughs> <laughs> and he said, the irony here. Yeah, the irony is huge. And I think, um, again, our perception of people um, can can sadly uh, fall well short of the mark. In other words, you believe that those folks are uh, perhaps there's a design in your head of what these people are or where they come from or the types of people that are living their life. But uh, Paul said, no, no, no. He said they love me. I went out, introduced him, and he just absolutely killed that audience. So it's, it's interesting that when you say you have to know your audience, you have to understand uh, where they are, what they're looking for. But when you leave a group at a training session or a keynote uh, speaking event, um, you, you try to leave them better off than before by, if only, opening their eyes. Agree. I think it's what I see what I do is I'm a catalyst okay. to unleashes and unlocks possibility, hope, and 
and connection and people. That's that's mm. what I do. I'm I I I'm a hope dealer. Like truly, when I think about <laughs> what I do and why people bring me in, they're looking. They say, "Hey, look, our people are struggling with um, feeling disengaged, or they've been feeling really down, or been feeling really disconnected. We need something that's going to give a boost, but not in a superficial, artificial kind of way." Um, and so I really, you know, I think it's, it's interesting. I, I I work with a lot of organizations that are in the, I come from professional services. I worked for 13 years and I work with a lot of organizations in the professional services space that are highly technical. So um, accounting, insurance, engineering, people that often are stereotyped as being emotionless, which I think is very unfair. (laughs) I do too. (laughs) Most radio people are very, uh, you know, segregated Okay, they enjoy sitting in a room talking to themselves for two, three hours at a time. But believe it or not, our goal is to have people uh, not only listen to us, but uh, ingest what we're saying and perhaps take a little bit of it, okay, Uh, and and call it their own. And that, I think, is what you do. Um, I've watched some of your podcasts. Uh, By the way, folks, they're out there, and you can always be a... uh, uh, a purveyor of great information if you educate yourself. Rachel Druckenmiller, she helps staff, uh, Rachel and her staff helps to um, reorganize organizations. Is that is that fair to say? I think it is, Rachel. I think I help them reorganize the way they think <laughs> um, <laughs> and, and the way they interact with um, kind of within themselves, the conversations right. they have. So, for instance, I'm, I'm working with a group that's in the insurance and, and we're doing a, a three-part series with our leaders. And the first part of it was focused on mindset reset. So understanding the brain science of leadership and how to shift from being reactive, which, by the way, is super common right now as people are in a state of, of coming out of isolation, of having so much of their lives, you know, kind of turned upside down. There's this tendency to experience a lot of, you know, to experience enhanced anxiety. Um, and that affects people's reactivity, emotional reactivity. So we're seeing people act out a bit more in ways maybe they didn't before. And so I think it's important for leaders to have a sense of self-leadership and self-awareness to understand, hey, what's happening in your brain when you get triggered? And how does that affect how you then interact with clients and customers and colleagues and family members? Most people have zero, like zero awareness of what's happening in their own brain. And I love to see light bulbs go off as people start to better understand that. It's really fascinating. I love, I love the idea of a light bulb going off because, you know, we, we were, we saw this as a kid when we were children, uh, a light bulb over somebody's head, you know, it's not just moments of brilliance, but an idea, a concept, whatever it is, that idea of a light bulb. Nick. We talked a little bit about that somatic therapy and I think it was the first segment and how the body and mind are so connected. And I think about, uh, as a manager or a CEO or something, your team, Right. Through uh, COVID and all the different stressors and things that happened and, and the, uh, that emotional reactivity that, that um, Rachel was talking about, you know, I mean, it, 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 it makes sense from a production standpoint within your organizations from being able to, to not be stuck in the um, nod and the emotional struggle, but being able to be a little more proactive and, and be able to separate and work through those things to be able to have that long-term goals and objectives that you're trying to accomplish personally and through, through the business or through, mm-hmm. through the organization that they have there. So, I mean, that, that, that all just makes so much sense to me because it's like, you know, when you talk about the stress and things and how that affects the body, how it affects, you know, anxiety and, and people's, uh, you know, stomachs and, 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 um, indigestion or constipation or all the different physical things that can happen when somebody is extremely stressed and all that cortisol is just running, racing through their body. You know, um, it all, all the things that you're talking about, Rachel, I mean, just to help people kind of work through those things so they right. have a better experience physically and mentally is, is, is fantastic. I love that. I love that. Um, there is something to be said about pride. Okay. Mm-hmm. Pride mm-hmm. can get in the way of almost yeah. anything. And in this case, let's say you're in the workplace and pride keeps you from saying, hey, how to do this or they're to do this task, this job. Uh, but I'm I'm too afraid to ask because pride, I'm 25 years older than my coworker. 
okay? Mm-hmm. And pride mm-hmm. gets in the way. Why is that, uh, Rachel? I think it's fascinating that age really doesn't matter. It's just, it's really about pride stands in the way. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. And I think what happens is when it's kind of an ego defense, right? When our ego feels mm-hmm. threatened, um, what's, what's really happening is one, there's a, there's a guy named David Rock who um, started something called the Neuro Leadership Institute. And he came up with a model to understand our own brain and reactivity that's really effective in leadership. I, I you know, teach this model in, in leadership and in, in the work I do in employee engagement because it's very much connected to our levels of employee. And the model is SCARF, like something you wear around your neck. That's the acronym. So okay. it stands for status, certainty, autonomy, relatedness, and fairness. Hmm. Somebody was thinking outside the box, weren't they? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, right? Kind of cool, huh? So scarf, so again, yeah. status, certainty, autonomy, relatedness, and fairness. And when one of those things is threatened, so for instance, when pride shows up, it might be because we feel like our sense of status is being threatened ah. or we feel uncertain to your point of needing to ask for help. We feel like we should know how to do something and we don't. We feel like we should have a competence and we're maybe experiencing doubt around it uh, or a lack of support. And so when any one of these things gets threatened or with returning to work, right, that sense of autonomy, wait a second, I was just running my life just fine working from home for 16 months, and now you're telling me I have to come back to the office all the time? That is a huge threat to people's sense of autonomy, which is why people are being so emotionally reactive. So anytime any one of those things gets threatened or we have a perception that it is threatened, then we are more apt to be reactive. Hmm. How old are you when you start masking your feelings? How old are you when you start uh, segregating yourself for n- the desire to not be hurt? Um, is, is there an age group that it really starts? Because they always talk about the innocence of a child. Well, I was watching a video, so I would say I, I, I will own what I, I will own my area, own my lane and acknowledge what is not. I'm not a child development expert, but I was watching a video um, about, about child development where there was a toddler that was sitting at a table and the toddler was across from a woman who was um, putting objects into a box. So put it in the box and take it out of the box or would put the lid on the box and take the lid off. And so the, um, she would do it and then she would push the box over to the toddler and then the toddler, toddler would do it and the toddler would mimic. Um, and then somebody came into the room. So a new person, of course, this is an experiment, so it's all staged. But a new person came into the room who was very um, critical, who had this very who, as the woman was then moving on to the next task and taking um, kind of a, a necklace, like a necklace of beads, and putting those in a box and taking them out, the, the kind of bystander was being very critical of her and was raising her voice and had a tone that was clearly uh, disapproving. And so the, the toddler kept watching this disapproving critical woman as she was talking to the woman that was sitting across from him. And then the woman paused who had the, who had the beads and pushed them over to the toddler. And the toddler literally sat there, did not mimic the behavior and kept essentially looking. They were trying to regulate their emotional state because they were picking up on the emotional state of the really anxious and angry person that was sitting next to them. So that was happening for someone that was probably 18 months to two years old. That crazy. So that's absolutely crazy. Much younger than I anticipated. Have you always been an overachiever? Oh, yeah. I mean, and, and that, as I had mentioned, that came from, you know, when I was when I was younger and I had that sense of, I think it was a predisposition, in some, in, you know, in, in some ways. I think I was always, I've always been inclined to be very introspective. My mom said I would sit in my playpen for hours and just entertain myself. So I've always <laughs> been um, pretty introspective. But I think the nature nurture, study, the, you know, environment that I was in, kind of put me in a situation where I a protective mechanism and there for me the per- protective mechanism was let me perform and achieve because I don't feel safe. Rachel, we're uh, sadly up against the clock. So I'm going to ask you to let folks know how they can follow you, how they can be in touch with you and your staff, how they can hire you to come motivate and uh, inspire uh, small groups, large groups. Doesn't really matter. Does it? It does not. I do all, all different kinds, keynotes, workshops, leadership trainings. Virtually, I've done 160 virtual trainings with companies over the past 16 months, and um, I really love what I do. Yeah. And and uh, your assistant that I've been in touch with, uh, what's her first name? Melissa. Melissa. She does an outstanding job. 
I know you do an awful lot of podcasts, and this is a radio show turns into a podcast after the fact. But I appreciate you being available by phone today in Baltimore. I appreciate that. Of course, yeah, happy happy to do it. I'd say the best way to get connected with me would be my website is unmutedlife.com. Um, and I have buttons all over the website if you want to schedule a 20 minute, you know, chat with me or to book me if you have an event that you're looking um, to, you know, get speakers for that are, you know, dynamic and engaging and inspiring. And um, you can also email me, which is Rachel, R-A-C-H-E-L, at unmutedlife.com. And then I would also encourage you to uh, follow, follow me on LinkedIn, where I post content like this every single day, videos, sometimes singing, which is another joy, as I mentioned. Um, <laughs> and then on Instagram would be the last one. So I'd say my website, unmutedlife.com, um, uh, LinkedIn, Rachel Druckenmiller, and then Instagram is at unmutedlife. You know, I, I will say this. I believe that we met each other on LinkedIn, right? And that's yeah. how I, I became inspired to have you on the show. Uh, and, and our producer, Kira, is uh, giving us the wrap it up. <laughs> um, but it's a, it's a hard thing to do is to say goodbye to somebody who is uh, so absolutely so positive. Thank you, Rachel. Appreciate you, Rachel. the time today. Thank you so much. You bet. There she goes. She's worked with great companies like Deloitte. Uh, if you recall Deloitte Touche, a great uh, accounting firm. Uh, Citizens Bank, Junior Achievement, the American Heart Association, and so many others. She can talk to your company as well. We encourage you to look for her on LinkedIn, on Facebook, and again, online as well. It's uh, Scott Casper. Nick Learhoff has come to you on Iowa's Hope 940. Stay tuned. There's more with Nick Learhoff and Scott Casper right here on Iowa's 940 for St. Gregory's Talk Therapy, the mental health show. Iowa, we're listening. My dad went to AA once, decided it wasn't for him, and refused to ever go back. He was stubborn and confident that he was just okay. But he wasn't okay, and our family was suffering. So we had an intervention for him, and he agreed to go to St. Gregory Recovery Center. There he learned how to deal with his addiction the way he needed. Insurance covered our costs, and he has been sober now for over four years. Learn more at relevantradio.com slash recovery. Nick Learhoff, Scott Casper with you. It is St. Gregory's Talk Therapy, the mental health show. Backed into that one. Yeah, oh, my gosh. Good. That was first. Um, <laughs> glad you're with us. Kira Jones, our executive producer. By the way, you can listen to this show in its entirety online at talktherapytmhs.com. Uh, give it a day, okay? So you're listening to us on a Saturday, on Sunday, and throughout the week. And by the way, I sent you numbers. Yeah, those uh, look good. I mean, uh, the, the people that are engaged, first-time listeners that are viewing or listening to our program online, um, people that are interested in what it is we're doing, 300 and some percent. I was like, what? It's amazing. Well, I mean, and, and you take a look at why this all started in the first place, is we wanted people to be able to have an avenue to create awareness, right? right? We want to create awareness of the, the different health topics and things that are out there that right. are kind of just... You know, they're just not really talked about. They're not really, it's not like, oh, everybody's kind of hush-hush about mental health. And it's like, it's such a um, a thing that needs to be exposed and talked about and, right. and gone all different, but more probably as important, if not more important, is all the different avenues for people to overcome those things. And so knowing that people are, are hearing it, they're getting it, um, and hopefully are finding something positive right. and something that they can take away is, is just a, a dream come true. And there are folks out there that say, you know, I heard you on the radio talking about St. Gregory's. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, I call it reconstruction because it really is what it is. Reconstruction but, center. Yeah. The reconstruction <laughs> center. Come on in. We'll break you down or continue <laughs> the process and then we'll build you back up right. bigger, stronger, faster. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Kira was saying this was an interesting topic because it was so positive, but not everything in life is so, okay? Uh, chances are if we turn a light on anything that is negative in our life, it will only get worse mm -hmm. unless we have a plan. Right. And that's what St. Gregory's provides. Not only do they have an answer, but they have a plan. All you need to do is listen, ingest, understand, and, and bring it and make it yours. Uh, the idea of, um, you know, going for the next 50 years without ever taking a drink, 
is for some a terrible thing. Terrifying. Yeah, it's terrifying because that that one uh, slip all uh, spell devastation. If you don't recognize it, admit it, and seek out those others in your life that have helped you before, but you're part of the process. And you can't just say, I'm not going to do it because. Um, and, you know, there's so many of us that fall into that category, but I choose to be one of those guys that goes, hey, you know what? This happened to me. This is how I dealt with it. And I don't wish to deal with it that way anymore. Well, I think, you know, uh, even from our guest today, uh, Rachel, uh, I'm a Druckenmiller. Miller. I was yeah. trying to make sure I got that right. <laughs> um, but, you know, I think that what she does that that falls along in the same lines as what we try to do at St. Gregory's is, is we're trying to help people find the best version of themselves, right? Get back to the best version of themselves. You know, I mean, people, they're not born, um, you know, where you're just, you know, with a bottle in your mouth, right. You know what I mean? From a standpoint of that, well, you you know what I mean? Sometimes are fed bottles. not alcohol, right? But, <laughs> so, so, but I want but, another. So, but, but, like you know, and so it's it's getting to that individual's, um, you know, just their innate values and the things that they hold dear to themselves, and being able to work through some of the the underlying uh, issues that cause them to to get to that place right. that they are now, right? Um, and just like with, with Rachel Druckenmiller, um, being able to work it with different organizations and helping their employees be the best version of themselves through openness, communication, um, doing the strength finders and understanding their strengths and weaknesses and being able to create a environment that is open to feedback, that mm-hmm. is open to growing as a group for the better. Right. You know, and I think that that's what that boils down to. And that's the important thing of, of this show. I mean, it's, it's all interconnected and related from really the standpoint is. of being able to, to help people create the best version of themselves. And whether it's a show on, you know, um, you know, and motivational speaking and all the different content, the different types of therapy and the mm-hmm. different the resources that are out there, you know, I think um, the more we can have information, the more we can talk about it open, openly, um, you know, it's just creating an environment to have a better, you know, um, a better local area, Des Moines area, the people that are listening, a better state, a better community, a better families. And I think that that's what, um, this is all about. Mm. She self-identifies herself. And I'm talking about Rachel Druckenmiller. She self-identifies as a over or always wanting to be the good girl does not want to contribute to any negativity in that, which she was growing up in. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that's more true today, uh, with the spotlight turned on the home, because everybody is staying home and working from home. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's a lot of businesses out there sitting on millions of square feet of unused office space. Now they've over, overbuilt their capacity by a long shot because of COVID and COVID has allowed us to, uh, present ourselves as being overachievers and not having to take off the pajama bottoms. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, it's, you know, when you talk about uh, the pandemic of such as COVID and what it does to, you know, obviously, you know, at a minute level or like, you know, the individual, their families, communities, and, and then get into the businesses from the standpoint of there's a lot of these businesses out there that were probably doing very, very, very well. Mm-hmm. And so they were pre- pre- anticipating that and growing and growing and growing. Then all of a sudden it just got help, help you know, just, you know, cut out their legs out from underneath them, which unfortunately... Um, then they have to make adjustments in order to be able to continue to go, which that in turn has effects on their employees because then they can't have as many employees. Those people go on, um, you know, uh, go on leave or don't have income now, or, you know, had, they had things that they had planned and then the works for things they were going to build at their house or whatever. And so it all just flows downhill. And so unfortunately, when you think about at the highest level, what happens when you have a situation for 2020? Um, you know, it's just, it's really unfortunate that that's kind of how that's gone. But as this thing starts to wind back up again, I think, I think everybody's going to be stronger on the other side. I I like that. I like that positivity that you're uh, expressing because I believe that's true. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, I also believe there's going to be some folks that are sadly left behind because they have been self-medicating the entirety of this time out of fear. Yep. Out of uh, maybe they miss the contact of fellow employees. Mm-hmm. Uh, Zoom is everything, but it's 
to a lot, nothing. No, okay. Not enough. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but, I, there's a particular subtopic I wanted to bring up, but I'm in, in, <laughs> in, in, uh, my search for good taste radio, I will not bring it up, but, <laughs> okay. Uh, well, I, I, I think that, um, what I was referring to before with all of the, the uh, top level and how it affects everybody, you know, on the ground level, as far as jobs and everything, mm -hmm. I mean, that control that totally contributes as far as how are people dealing with the loss of their income, the loss right. of their job and how that affects their family. Everybody's more stressed. Everybody's fighting at home. You know, how do we deal with those things? Right. And so for been a time for um, positive self-help, self-care right. from a standpoint of seeking you know, a counselor or therapist to help you, a person cope with what's going on in the world. Mm. Um, being outdoors and doing different activities and getting around the dinner table and all those different things that can help support positivity in their lives mm -hmm. because, um, you know, you have a glass, um, with liquid halfway up. Is it half full or is it half empty? And how you look at that glass. Depends on how thirsty you are. Well, that too. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, how you look at that glass is going to, uh, dramatically affect your decisions and how you, you, uh, manage yourself within, within your own personal space. And it also has to deal with how you relate to others. Yeah. Can I have more water, please? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My glass is half full. Full. I would appreciate I would you like filling it up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I would like more in my glass, please. <laughs> Was it um, Oliver said, sir, may I please have some more soup? Yep. Yeah, yeah. More, please. Uh, about a minute left to go in the show. I want to thank our uh, guest, Rachel Druckenmiller. Uh, fascinating topic, Unmuted Life. I, I believe it or not, are you on LinkedIn? I, I am, but I'm not terribly active. Okay. Um, I have... I don't know, 65, 7,500 people that follow me on LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. And I hear from them quite often. Rachel is one of those folks that I watched uh, and, and read many of her posts before I reached out. Because what I wanted to get across in the show today is that there are positive things you can do for yourself. Too many times we listen to what the government says and the government should never say anything about how we live our lives. They can make suggestions, offer up they should not be judging us. We should not be judging each other. We should love each other and embrace each other for all of our frailties, our faults, our positives and negatives. You know what? That's why we're here, to be the best that we can possibly be for ourselves and for each other. For Kara Jones, she's our for Nick Learhoff, I'm Scott Casper. You've been listening to St. Gregory's Talk Therapy, the mental health show. Hope you had a good time today. I know we did. Thanks, Nick. Have a good weekend, everybody. Thank you, Scott.